0: Welcome to Apple Arcade Plus, the show where you get to hear from the people behind Apple Arcade games. I'm Tim Chen, host of the show. The game is
1: actually also on a meta level about us trying to make golf funny. We are trying to like convince you that it can be funny, and we're just doing these crazy experiments with you to see, like, what if we do this? Do we find this funny? And it seems like people do find it funny, so in that way we kind of succeeded but it also drove us mad like now we think everything is golf like football is golf taking a taxi to the airport is golf eating your
0: breakfast is golf everything is golf welcome back to another episode of Apple Arcade Plus we are joined by Rune Drusen creator of puns and executive producer for What the Golf this was one of my favorite interviews to date as you'll hear Rune provides an incredible level of thoughtfulness and insight into the creation of What the Golf And it was fascinating learning about this wacky golf game. If this is your first time tuning into the podcast, thanks for checking out Apple Arcade Plus. If you want to support this podcast, the very best thing you can do is open up the Apple Podcast app and leave a review. Every review is incredibly important and helps send the right signals to Apple to promote the show more and more so others can discover the podcast. You can send your feedback to me at applearcadepodcast at gmail.com. You can find the website at applearcadepodcast.com. With that, here's my interview with Rune all about What the Golf. Enjoy. Welcome to the podcast, Rune. Thank you very much. Can you first introduce yourself and your role in creating What the Golf? Well, I'm actually one of the three partners
1: in the company called Treband and with the company who uh, who made What the golf? In the credits, it says I'm the one who comes up with all the puns, which is a funny thing to put. But I basically do a lot of things. But the one thing that I definitely don't do is code. So I don't do any coding. I come up with the stuff and I manage the team and I do all our marketing and have a lot of meetings and plan stuff, play the prototypes and discuss and whatnot. So basically, I always say my job is to look out the window when it's everybody else's job to look into the computer.
0: Well, there are what feels like thousands of puns. So that if that's all you did, that would be a full-time job, I believe. <laughs> Thank you very much. So, can you first tell me a little about this bizarre world you inhabit in the story mode?
1: I actually think I could, but uh, I'm not sure if I sh- should. Like, <laughs> um, f- of course, the big problem here is if anybody is listening right now and they haven't played the game, it's a hard game to explain and understand in a way because it kind of looks like a golf game, but it's not a golf game. So it begins off with you teeing off and everything looking normal, but all of a sudden you're sucked down into this secret lab who's uh, hidden below the golf course. Here, you need to go through a lot of experiments. And it's not exactly clear what's going on when you're down in this uh, secret uh, lab, but it's definitely somebody has been trying to reinvent golf, or at least make it funny, and you need to run through all these experiments. But the story in the game is really loose, and the setting is very casual, so uh, actually only notice the story if you dig for it and look for it. If is not your thing, it can easily be skipped, because you don't need to pay attention to it. Basically, what the golf is just one uh, great experiment to see if we actually could make golf fun if i had to explain the world or the lab you're down in it's a tough uh, question to begin with actually because i'm not sure it makes sense to explain it a whole lot for people who haven't played it let me rephrase this i used to run a gallery i went to a lot of artist shows and when you went to like an exhibition you would look at all the paintings and you'll walk up to the artist and uh, you'll ask the artist um, i really like this picture but uh, I don't get it. What is it about? And the artist would normally say something in the ballpark of, uh, Hm, what do you think it's about? And then I would s- start to explain that, well, I think it's about war and angst and uh, fear and the blue bit up there might be this night sky and whatever I would explain. After I've been doing my uh, solo thing for like five minutes, the artist would nod and would just go, hmm, That's a good interpretation. I don't want to take that away from you, so I won't tell you what it's about. And that used to piss me off quite a lot. (laughs) So now I'm actually kind of doing the same thing. I'm not going to explain it a whole lot, but I'm going to explain at least something about it because what pissed me off with talking to the artist is that basically you just want to be given something like uh, at least the artist could tell me like i was very upset with my mother when i painted this picture or uh, oh yeah this was my blue face i was really into the color blue or something like that like just give me a little clue to understand it better so i'll give you a little clue the world we live in is not super defined at the moment if everything goes well. We might make it bigger and we might try to explain more stuff. At the moment the world or the setting is not that super important. The only thing you need to know is that you're in a secret lab and there's somebody uh, doing experiments with golf to see if they can make it fun. That's basically like it. In that lab there's all these strange creatures and they're kind of like a reference to Alice in Wonderland and it's like also a reference to like going down the rabbit hole and going down the golf hole, that's the way you are into the secret lab is you go through like a kind of myo pipe. So the game is filled with a lot of references and a lot of stuff, which you might get or which you might not get. I'm, I'm just talking way too much.
0: No, it's great. <laughs> so something I'm curious about, do you or do other your team members play golf? Do you guys enjoy golf or are you on the side that I'm at and you kind of look at golf on TV and fall asleep sometimes?
1: When we started the game, I think it was very important for us that none of us knew the rules of golf. Okay, If we could approach golf and just come up with what we thought golf was about, then we could kind of reinvent it. So it's kind of like a kid watching something they don't understand and then trying to recreate it in a way. And I think that was super important, especially in the beginning. This game has been almost three years in development. So you, of course, pick up certain things, but I think it was super important that nobody knew the rules of golf. And like when you hear something like driving range, you can like instantly come up with great ideas of what that could be, even though you don't know what it is. It must be something with cars for sure. So we need cars in the game.
0: Right. And we're going to get to some of the kind of iterations of golf as there are numerous and they're rather awesome and just delightful as you encounter those. Before we get to that, I am curious, another kind of abstract question. Do you see yourself as the player as being more of a god-type character? Or are you playing this human character that you see? Or are you playing this arrow that controls whatever the heck you're golfing as uh, during that time? Or who are you actually controlling?
1: When you play the game, you're still you, but you just control this golf ball. So the golf ball is like your avatar. And it's every time that enters one of the experiments... Then the setting kind of change, and then it's the premise of that experiment that you need to get a grip on or figure out or like there's small puzzles or whatever. When that experiment is finished, you get out in the overworld, which is the lab, and you're back to you. You're still the character. So basically, every time you enter a hole or a flag, you're in this kind of experiment, and you can be whatever the experiment wants you to be, the player. You are the golf ball, and when the golf ball hits one of the flags, you start an experiment. Basically, it's kind of a reference of you playing the game which you're doing. When you start up with the golf, you become the golf ball in the game. When the golf ball hits a flag, the golf ball becomes whatever and is part of the experiment. So it's kind of like two-layered in a way. I think that's the best way to explain it. Okay, I actually wanted at some point to do a character generator where you could actually uh, generate the appearance of your ball. The funny thing was that you couldn't change it at all. All the characters would just be... The same white balls <laughs> and they would just, just be called different names. Bob or John or Frank or whatever. It was kind of to like make fun of these kind of games where you can only play a male white character, which I find hilarious. That why can't I be something else? So I thought it would be funny to do a character generator where you could only be a white male ball but uh, i couldn't convince the other guys that it was a good idea so we didn't make it
0: <laughs> oh that would have been great so the actual character you're playing as and your guys have said does he have a backstory is he just a random golfer that got pulled into this lab or what's his story the character
1: you're playing is basically just the ball so you are the ball and i don't think that character has any other backstory than other than your own backstory, actually. So whatever you bring to the game, congratulations. That's you. You are now a ball. And that's, that's, that's it. There's nothing else. Okay. Then sometimes when you play like one of the experiments, you would golf with something else instead. For example, you will golf with a person, but later on in the overworld, you discover that all the persons are actually kind of androids or robots. So they're not real persons. So Basically, those people are just part of the experiments.
0: Okay, so don't feel too bad about all the abuse that person's going to (laughs) get.
1: Yeah, precisely. So basically, everything you see when you startle devil... That's not reality. What's going on in the lab is the reality.
0: Okay. Can you speak a bit about the inspirations for What the Golf, both in terms of the gameplay and the art design itself? It's uh, a mix between very
1: Scandinavian and very Japanese in the art style, I think. We have this awesome guy called uh, Simon Post, who is from Sweden, and he lives in a cabin in the woods. He has this... uh, strange color palette and very simple uh, design, which is very great and very good to work with because you can come up with stuff very quick. And when we made this game, we had to do a lot of prototyping and it was basically us coming up with new ideas and then trying to see if those ideas work. You wouldn't spend a lot of time on polishing an idea You just needed to test it and to see if it worked. And if it worked, you would put it in the game and then you would polish it later on. Sometimes it also actually meant that we actually needed some graphics for something to make us better understand maybe a concept or an idea or whatnot. And those graphics could pull us in different directions because we, like, he did a toaster and everybody was like, oh, this is cool. Let's put it in the game. And all of a sudden, the toaster became a character and an important part of what the golf has, like, toasters hidden everywhere in the game. So there's a lot of games that inspired us. and, And basically, we do a lot of reference to a lot of other games. But Katamai Damacy, for sure, is a great inspiration, I think. And basically any game that's actually trying to do new stuff, like experimenting in some weird kind of way. Also, a lot of like the flash games that we saw around the millennium is also a huge inspiration because at that point the internet was fairly young and people are still like experimenting with doing creative crazy stuff and just putting it up there and you could just play all these crazy flash games and some of them didn't make any sense and some of them only took like 30 seconds but like that's also a great inspiration to what the golf
0: okay yeah and this idea of the world map other golf games do have world maps i'm thinking of like mario world tour and things like that as you're exploring more of a traditional golf place but where'd this idea of this laboratory come from
1: well basically the idea of of the laboratory is like it's both a reference, of course, to the great game portal, but it's also like a reference to Alice in Wonderland. Basically, we needed to create something where we could change reality. And basically, when you do a computer game like this, you need to hold the player's hand for a bit, at least. You can't throw any random stuff at them to begin with. You need to make sure they feel secure and they feel safe. And I think they get this. If you manage to do that, you'll actually make them play the game. If it's too strange, too fast, people will just abandon it and not play the game. It was important to kind of develop a setting that felt secure, but also felt strange and intriguing. And a lot of people know what a lab is about. You know, a secret lab. Like, that's pretty cool. All of a sudden, you already have something there. It's a lab. It's secret. It's in a bunker. There's nobody around. All of a sudden, your imagination is just filling in the blanks here. And that's great, because then the player knows it's going to be strange. And when they're down there, they're willing to accept strange things. It's not strange for them to meet a computer that's talked to them, or it's not strange for them to like meet a toaster that toasts them or whatever. In a certain way, you need to create a game world or an environment where they are intrigued but also feel safe so that's the reason why we of course chose the the secret lab but also again it's because what we were doing when we created the game is kind of what the game does to you when you play it like the game is actually also on a meta level about us trying to make golf funny we are trying to like convince you that it can be funny and we're just doing these crazy experiments with you to see like what if we do this? Do we find this funny? And it seems like people do find it funny. So in that way, we kind of succeeded. But it also drove us mad. Like now we think everything is golf. Like football is golf. Taking a taxi to the airport is golf. Eating your breakfast is golf. Everything
0: is golf. This idea of everything is golf, is this an idea of computers that were programmed in a bizarre way or are there actual people behind these experiments Uh, in this lab you interact with these computers that uh, if you hit them they'll they'll talk to you a little bit and tell them we're not golfers basically sometimes are the computers the ones behind this or in your head is there actual people behind it?
1: The computers are actually just a tool like the computers were abandoned like they were abandoned with the project so the people or Whoever were in charge of the secret lab left and the funding was cut and the, the whole golf experiment was shut down and everything was just left behind. And these computers were kind of also left behind, but they work kind of like an AI, so it's obvious that they would just continue the experiment or at least in a way think they would still continue the experiment because the power just shut down and everybody left and then the first thing that happens when you enter this secret lab is that you actually turn on the power and the computer starts talking to you so i don't think they are necessarily good or bad I think they're just like a tool that was left behind, and they tried to actually accomplish that mission. And since you're there, they're trying to do these experiments with you.
0: Okay, and let's get to some of the actual iterations of golf. The first thing I'm curious about is what was that brainstorming process like for determining all of the different iterations you would Like to try to include as a different version of golf.
1: The game started out completely different to begin with. We had this idea that we wanted to make a game that made fun of Dark Souls. So we called it Golf versus Evil, the Dark Holes of Mini Golf. But that whole thing felt too dark and too heavy. But at the same time, it also had some kind of appeal. I really like the thing that in Dark Souls, you don't have a clue what's really going on like the law always seems very deep and ancient in a way but like when you hear it it's just gibberish it doesn't make any sense it's always something like the elder ones and blah 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 and i really like that like yeah i enjoyed that you couldn't get a grip on the law and i And I was thinking a lot about can we do something similar and how minimalistic can we do it? How much can we actually remove from that to make it seem like that we have this world that makes sense, but you need to figure out how it makes sense because we're not telling you. So I really like that from Dark Holes. We changed the project completely like three times and then we ended up with the, the idea for What the Golf. And the way we developed ideas for that was that when we got the mechanics down, like the point and click kind of thing, or in this case, point and drag, then we knew this is a great mechanic. We need to stick with that and we need to see how many things and how many levels we can come up with for this mechanic. And basically, we just did a lot of brainstorms and people sat down and made levels and something looked great on paper, but when you actually did it, it didn't feel right. And sometimes something sounded horrible on paper or looked horrible on paper, but when you actually did the prototype, it worked perfect and then it got in the game. It was basically us coming up with new levels and making them as fast as we could and putting them in the game. When we had enough levels, we basically started cutting away the ones we didn't like. The weak ones got like kind of trashed. So we probably done like double amount the levels that are in the game. The other half didn't make it because they were not fun enough.
0: Do you have a favorite concept that when you actually put it in and tried it, just didn't work. Like It sounded like the best level you'd ever heard of it, but then you actually tried it in the engine and as a an natural level, and it just didn't work out at all.
1: One that comes to mind was we actually did a Spider-Man level, and I really liked that one, but the mechanics was just horrible. But it was just great because it just felt good being Spider-Man shooting around. And we kind of actually put that in anyway in the final boss level. There's actually a part where you need to uh, find the Frog King's brain so you can control the Frog King. That part, you're actually doing the Spider-Man's mechanic. And they're horrible, but they're just fun to play with. Like, they're very wonky. It feels like you're playing Goat Simulator or something like that. Yeah. It's just fun. And the segment is so short. Like, it's only, like... 10 seconds or whatever. So people don't mind.
0: That reminds me too a little bit of the crab mechanic and I had a daily challenge and you're climbing this round landmass as a crab who has this little web. Kind of reminds me a little bit of that as well.
1: I think the level is inspired by... Is it called Fess? I need to Google this. Anyway, there's a lot of things in the game that are kind of like inspired by other games and are kind of a tribute to other games. But it's also like to show you that every game that's ever made before is basically just a golf game. You need to get object A to object B. So basically that's Counter-Strike. In Counter-Strike, uh, there are some golfers called the terrorists and they need to plant a ball and it's called the bomb and they need to get that to the flag
0: and yeah, And the references are great. There's everything from iOS sensations like Flappy Bird and Angry Birds to some of the more classic games like Donkey Kong Arcade and, and Mario. Were you ever worried about being too on point with some of the references and the original games being not so happy with those references? Or
1: So you mean like... Were you worried that somebody saw what the golf and would get so angry that they sued us? Something like that, yeah. <laughs> well, I can tell you a funny story. I was at a conference in uh, England, and I was standing around showing uh, basically our showcase build. And the showcase build that we take to conferences and uh, game shows are always kind of like... Uh, a really simple build, like it hasn't got an overworld and it doesn't keep track of your scores or anything. You just like it presents your level and then you play the level. And when you complete that, it instantly tricks a new level. It's basically the feature in the game, which is called show to a friend, but I was standing and showing this game. And at some point near the end, you actually get to play like the super hard levels. And I was standing next to this uh, gentleman and I, Told him that like yeah, and uh, this of course is a reference to Superhot, and I and I hope they won't sue us and ha ha ha, and he laughed and said no no you're fine I'm actually their lawyer so don't worry there's no problem they love it, <laughs> and then we actually got to have a chat with the guys from Superhot and they are super friendly so a lot of people are actually just happy that you're kind of doing this tribute of their game in your game but of course like. In a way, it's satire. So if we ever got sued, I don't think it would be a problem because it's not our core mechanic. Like, It's probably something we'll use for 10 seconds, and then you're over that. And then we'll show you a new level where you need to do something completely different.
0: Yeah. And I love that Flappy Bird made it in because that's a reference that you had to be active in iOS gaming at that time because it got pulled. And it's just, I don't think it's a big thing anymore. It's, it was a huge thing. And then the developer felt bad about people wasting time and pulled it.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. But I also think that like, putting it in there, it's also a great conversation startup. Because if you play this with your friend and they see that, and you go, Oh, wow, that's Flappy Bird. Your friend might go, Flappy Bird, what's that? I've never heard about that. And then you can actually have a great conversation about what Flappy Bird is. Yeah. And I think that's awesome, actually, because then all of a sudden you can share this knowledge. or uh, I grew up with Donkey Kong, but my kid has no clue what Donkey Kong is. But like when he sees a Donkey Kong game now, he says, Oh, yeah, that's what the golf. <laughs> and then I had to explain to him, Ah, it's actually the other way around, but like that's great.
0: Yeah. How early on did you know? the game would kind of expand to things very not golfy, like archery and soccer and things like that, that are just like, this is archery. This is, we're not even joking about your, your goals to shoot an arrow at a target. And it's not even a flagpole at this point.
1: When we started developing what the golf, we kind of went too deep into the golf hole and everybody kind of became mad. So we saw like, golf everywhere so of course when you see somebody is actually doing archery well you instantly just go oh yeah that's golf too when you see somebody play soccer or football you instantly go oh yeah that's also golf so in a way we wanted to show that or convince people that everything is just golf and the best way to do that is actually to show them and make them understand like oh Now I get it. But it's also kind of like you need to do it in a subtle way because you can't introduce a soccer goal all of a sudden just like as the second level or something like that. You need to, again, make sure that the player feels safe and you're slowly just changing small stuff all the time. And in the end, there's nothing left of the concept of golf. You're actually just playing soccer. But you still accept it because... It must be golf. It, the game is called What the Golf? So this thing I'm doing, it must be golf. That's basically the, just the reason why we do that.
0: Okay. Do you have a favorite set of levels or level? Uh, for instance, there's a really awesome space zone where you're shooting your ball between different planets, gravitational poles, and things like that.
1: My favorite are basically the beginning because I love seeing people playing the tutorial because they don't know they are playing a tutorial. So they st- like this when you boot up the game, it instantly just throws you in the game and you kind of need to figure out what to do. But it's fairly easy. And all of a sudden you feel, ah, I got this. I mastered this. And after five levels, the game actually starts. And I love that point when the title comes up and the music plays and people are like, whoa, that was only the tutorial. This is insane. I love that part.
0: And there's another point in the game as you're progressing through it. It begins for a fair bit where it's pretty much impossible to fail the level. And and then at some point, you need to go in these second and third tier challenges of holes you've been on. And what was kind of the balance like for cranking up the difficulty and making sure players are still with you at that point with their capabilities
1: i think it was very important that we kind of like made a game that everybody could enjoy i think a good game is a game that actually can be played in different ways like if you're a speedrunner, you can play it in one way if you are a casual gamer you can play it in another way if you like exploration you can play it in a third way i love those kind of games i felt that it was very important that we could appeal to these different kind of groups of players and actually put something in there that everybody liked, but not necessarily was the same thing. So somebody liked the puns or somebody likes the exploration and somebody likes to get the achievements, but it, it had to be done in a way. So it didn't feel forced. It should feel again, like it was part of the whole thing and Basically, you can, you can play what the golf in a way where you don't do any of the tier two or tier three things. Like you can just play all the flags. And there are some doors that won't open unless you have like five crowns or something like that. That was basically the reason why we, we had a huge debate if we should put in like these doors that would actually stop you if you didn't collect the crowns. But in the end, we, figure it out that it would be a good idea to put them there because it would give people a chance to revisit some of their favorite levels. So it doesn't matter right, uh, which kind of holes you get a crown on. You just need five of them. So you can pick the five ones that you found easy and then crown those. And the idea with the crowns were kind of like you play a flag or you play a level and the tier two is normally something that's a bit difficult. It's something something to do with par or timing or something like that and if you do that you normally like it. the third level is kind of a reward. So if you do the, the, the tough thing you'll get a little treat in the end and we kind of wanted people to know that that mechanic existed but if they didn't want to pay any attention to it they could still kind of complete the game and get all the way up to the final boss and experience what the golf and if they kind of enjoyed a more challenging game then they could go for the achievement it was a balance but it was kind of important that both things like existed next to each other
0: yeah and if a player does get stuck just the best advice i think is probably just move on and you'll probably by the end of the game be able to revisit that level it's not necessary to play it right away but you can go back to it later
1: definitely and especially if you're going for crowning all the flags like if you just want like none of the first levels on any of the flags that are kind of impossible some of them are a bit tricky but again just play some of the other levels and then revisit it's the funny thing is that people actually get good at what the golf after you played it for an hour you find the first levels insanely easy
0: yeah, one of the levels I'm stuck at is one where the ball turns into a sticky ball and you're trying to uh, climb up and over into another area of that level, but you only have five strokes to get there. And every every yeah. time I try to do it, I can't get the whatever angle right for the ball to travel far enough distance. And uh, yeah.
1: yeah, it's kind of like a 2D level. And up to now, you've mostly been playing like levels that seem 3D. The interesting thing about the sticky ball is also its physics are different. It's actually a bit heavy. So you can't shoot that far with it. So you can't, you need to rethink how to do it. Like you need to get up of that first hole in like two strokes. And then you just need to get a lot of uh, traction on it. And then you can do it. But basically, uh, my uh, advice to people who are stuck is just go on Twitch or YouTube or whatever and, and watch somebody play it. Because a lot of the times, there's always a secret trick to it. For example, we have this level with a flying barrel. And that's kind of this maze you need to fly the barrel through. And it's kind of like a barrel with jet fuel in the back. Yeah. And, you can go through, and you can go through the maze and the whole thing. But you can also just fly around and skip everything.
0: Yeah, that's what I did the first time. It's like, oh, well, that's the first time. The first time I tried it to go through the maze and the second time it's like this is a barrel i can fly let me just avoid the entire maze
1: yeah and that's fine because you can play the game the way you want it and some people feel extremely clever and think they trick the game because they fly around other people feel like it's like cheating like i'm not doing the proper thing but there's no proper thing like just do it with the way you like it's up to you
0: yeah is that Kind of one of your favorite examples of creative solutions to level that might not have been the original solution when you developed the game, but as you're seeing people play on Twitch and things like that, you're seeing all these different creative solutions that might not have been in your guys' head?
1: I learned the most by watching somebody speedrunning the game. There was a lot of tricks I saw there. Uh, but a lot of the things that's actually in there is in there on purpose. That's like one mechanic we removed which I find kind of a shame. At some level, you're actually playing a bicycle. And if you just hold the button, and the bicycle will move in any direction. And if you let go, the bicycle kind of do like a bunny hop or trick or whatever. And uh, you could just spam that and then make the bicycle go higher and higher and higher and higher up in the air. And you could just float over like the entire level. And I thought that was great. I felt that was a great reference to E.T. But in the end, we actually cut that. So you can't cheat in that way, which I think is a shame, actually. I'm kind of sad that that got
0: cut. Now, there's different modes outside of the main campaign mode. There's a daily challenge mode. And with that mode, is it scrambling up levels from the campaign? Or did you guys develop fresh levels just for this daily challenge?
1: The daily challenge is... Almost all the levels mixed up. Some of them have removed, but it's almost just like all the levels from the game mixed up randomly. During Christmas, we did like a Christmas special where there was like uh, 25 Christmas levels and you would get a new level every day. They were designed especially for every day. And then we have like also like a a streamer challenge, which is like very, very hard. And that was basically designed for people who wanted to compete in their Twitch channels or whatnot. So that's only for the people who want a a really tough level. Normal people would just go, this is crazy. I'm not touching that. But uh, it's there.
0: And how do you get to those super hard challenges? Is that a separate kind of hidden mode
1: it's basically just out in the menu and it's called streamer challenge but i am not sure it's actually on the phone it might be only on the
0: pc version okay gotcha now with the show a friend challenge it doesn't keep track of strokes that's one thing the daily challenge does is that the main difference between if you're going to hand it to your friend the modes one Keeps track of how many strokes they're using. The other one doesn't.
1: Basically, the idea of a show to a friend is that you're sitting at a bar and you're drinking a couple of beers and then you're telling your friend, oh, last Saturday I played this cool game I need to show you. And your friend has no clue what you're talking about. So basically, you load up the show to your friend feature and then you hand him your phone and you don't say anything. And then you watch your friend play it and figure it out. But it's not important on strokes or stuff like that because it's kind of like a greatest hits in a way, but not spoiling anything. So it's kind of just to show your friend that the game is cool, but it won't mess up with your own save and it won't mess up with your own game. So basically, it's just a quick feature to show your friend how great what the golf is.
0: Very cool. For the daily challenge, is that what's going into the leaderboard for if you're wanting to compete? That's kind of where people gravitate towards?
1: Yes, there's also a leaderboard for people who completed the game. So when you complete the game, it'll also show you your time and their time.
0: Okay. And you can, of course, start up a new save file if you want to try to speed run it your next time through and compete in that way. Exactly. Do you have a favorite Game Center achievement that you guys were able to include? I'm not good
1: friends with the Game Center. I find it kind of annoying Yeah. because the Game Center, especially on the Apple, is kind of buggy. It's annoying to work with because it has a tendency to, like, if you lose connection to the internet or stuff like that... It'll assign you a new profile, which is not yours. So for example, if you play the game, we have a bug. You can get, for example, 1000 strokes achievement, but you won't get the 100% stroke achievement, even though you got the 1000, which is probably because the game center has assigned like a different profile to you. At the moment, I'm not so happy with the game center. I'm looking forward. At some point, to come up with great achievements for for the Steam launch of uh, the WaterGolf, that achievement system works much better.
0: Now on iOS, most people will probably be using touch controls, and they feel super natural and perfect. But Apple TV, I know, would require an external controller, and I'm not sure does the iPad and iPhone actually support external controllers, and what's that experience like?
1: We struggle a lot with the Apple TV. It was a requirement from Apple that you would be able to play it with the remote. So we actually had to come up with a good way of making the game work with that remote. And that was kind of challenging, but I think we handled it quite well in the end. There's no doubt in my mind that if you want to have a great experience on the Apple TV, then you should just connect the controller. It's interesting to see when we tested the game that people who started out playing with the mouse, for example, and then switched to the controller were having a hard time or if people started out playing with the controller and then switched to mouse if they stayed with whatever like if they stayed with the mouse then there would be no problem or if they stayed with the controller that would be no problem but there was kind of a moment when you're switching from one to the another which was interesting because people were having a hard time with it in a way i think Whatever you prefer playing it with is the best thing for you. It works great with the touchscreen, but I also think it works great with the mouse. It also works great with the controller. Me, myself, I prefer playing it with the mouse because I, I'm an old man, so I played most of my computer games with the mouse.
0: Now, I'm not sure if you're able to talk about the Nintendo Switch version, but I'm curious if that's going to be a straight port from the PC iOS version or... I know the Switch has controllers with gyroscopes and HD rumble, which could be kind of fun to play with for what the golf. Are there any special Switch features being included in that version
1: of the game? It's interesting when you tell people you're going
0: to do a Switch port of the
1: game, they basically want it now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. That, that, that that, is
1: that's how it is. goes. Yep. Okay, we're doing a Switch version of the game. Okay, that's cool. We want it now. So basically, the fans just want the same thing super fast. But we felt like we had to do something extra. And that's one of the reasons that it's taking so long to do the Switch port is because we are adding something extra to the Switch release. We will probably announce what the extra thing is around March. So next month. Yep. At the moment, I'm not going to talk much about it. I'll say that it's definitely worth the wait.
0: Okay, excellent. And for What the Golf, you said it was development for three years. When in that process did you learn about Apple Arcade and its inclusion in it, and did that affect any parts of the development was it previously going to be uh, sort of a paid for game or how was that process To begin with we knew that it was going to be a mobile game
1: there was no doubt about it and we were at the beginning we were aiming for like a premium kind of game but we actually talked to the label and they were the ones who actually approached us and said hey uh, we saw your previous game keyboard sports and we thought that was great don't you want to make a mobile game And we were like, no, 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 we don't want to do that. Please come on. We kind of agreed in the end. Then we pitched them idea of a golf game and they basically just said, yes, that's cool. We'll send you a contract. And they kind of just like left us alone. We could change that project three times over, but we always knew that the thing we were developing would be a mobile game. And when we started working on it, the label ha- actually had an idea of making something very, very similar to the Apple Arcade. So in a way, we knew that it would exist a some kind of subscription-based thing. In a way, we never thought about monetization or in-app purchase or commercials or all that crap. We always knew that the game would be kind of like premium. It might be hidden behind like the subscription wall, but it might just also be out there so you could buy it. Basically, we
0: knew all along that we were good. Okay. And the reaction to What the Golf has been really incredible. Were you expecting it to be the hit it turned out to be?
1: I always said like... We need to make a big splash. We either need to, like, make a game that's so great that people will talk about it, or we we need to make a game that's so bad people will talk about it. So, in a way, I felt like the only way of succeeding was to succeed or fail massively. And both outcome would be perfect, for me at least, because I feel like if you made a game that nobody liked and it failed and it kind of, like would be the ET game of the 2020s, that would be great. We could do great stories about us going out in the garden and digging down the source code of the game or something like that. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, we knew this would either be like a, a great hit or instant flop. We were kind of worried if people would get it. And I think one of the biggest challenges we have is that people think it's a golf game because it has golf in the title. But it's also kind of the premise of the whole game, like to poke fun of golf. But when people see the title, What the Golf, I think a lot of people would actually get turned off because they're like, oh my God, golf game. I'm not touching that. But I would love it like if some of the Hausfraus would uh, would sit in their home and their husbands would be on the golf course and they would come home and they would just be sitting in the sofa and the guy would go, hey, woman, why haven't you made me dinner? And she would just be sitting in the sofa laughing and playing what the golf. That's a scenario I hope will happen someday.
0: Uh, do you have any tips or tricks for mastering the game? For Or is it just a discovery process as you start with the tutorial and kind of advance from there?
1: I think it's very much discovery. I think the whole game is kind of designed around you failing. The game is not very punishing, so... Whenever you fail, it'll just like, what? And then it'll start up again. So I think in a way, you need to fail a lot. But every time you fail, you think you become smarter and you learn new stuff. So I think the best way to actually play what the golf is to just dig right in jump in the hole and give it a go.
0: And then on the phone, it's oriented differently because naturally you're holding a phone in your hand. And on the iPad, it's landscape. Was there anything about the phone experience that you prefer over the landscape experience? What was that like when you were developing it?
1: Well, actually, when you play the phone game, it also kind of changed the perspective. There are some of the levels you you need to play in horizontal and there are some levels you actually need to play Vertical. The biggest challenge is we're actually using the gyro on the phone on some of the levels because there's some of the levels that are first person golf. So you actually need to move your phone around to see where the ball is and then you need to like shoot it through there. And of course that's super hard to do on PC, but people are so used to like do first person shooter games. So it's we just use the mechanics from PC to like do that. But we didn't use the gyro because of course, PCs don't have gyros, but of course we use that on the phone and we also kind of use it on the iPad. And I don't think it changed a whole lot if you played one direction or the other. We knew to begin with, it had to work on both. So we kind of designed it around that. Everything that you need to do or focus on is basically kind of in the middle. What's around is just extra cool stuff to make you feel better and safe.
0: And how many hours are you finding it taking players to finish the campaign? Do you have everything from the speedrunners to a more average player?
1: I think the speedrunner did it in one hour and 16 minutes. And that was just like the main campaign. I think an average person would probably use around three to four hours. And if you have to do everything, it's probably around 10 hours.
0: Okay. And then anything we didn't cover they'd like to before we wrap it up? That's always the hard question, isn't it? I think we covered everything. Excellent. I'm rather enjoying it. Every new level is just a delight seeing what kind of wacky thing I'm going to get thrown at. I think last night I got thrown at uh, the flag defending itself and you need to <laughs> survive <laughs> for 30 seconds. Like This is bizarre and just awesome. Yeah.
1: There was this funny story. Because we made a game for Apple Arcade, I think a lot of people... We're not normally playing games. will subscribe to it and try it out and play the game. So sometimes you also get these crazy emails. And I got an email from a guy and I couldn't figure out if this was somebody like pulling my leg or if this guy was sincere. As I told you before, there are some of the levels where you need to like move the phone around because we use the gyro. Yeah, And he was very offended that we we actually did that in the game. Because he was at the moment lying sick in his bed and he didn't want to move around. He wasn't offended on behalf of himself. He was offended on disabled people. Like he wrote like, what if I was in a wheelchair? And I was like, what? People in wheelchairs can move around fine. Like, God, I don't get this. Like, and he was like, I used 20 hours on this game. I will not recommend it to any of my friends. And he was so mean and found it so offensive. And I was just like, what's going on here? Let's say, for example, that both your arms were broken. Yeah. I think what the golf would not be the game you would start out playing
0: anyway. Or you'd use the external controller. To not even need to touch it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, or maybe you'll just get the nurse to play it or whatever. Like <laughs> I just wrote him a polite email and said, I'm very uh, concerned of the situation and blah, blah, blah. And I, f- I feel your pain and whatever. And, and I basically told him, like yeah, you can actually do that level by not turning around. You just need to turn your phone 180 degrees. So it's not facing you. Start the level. And then turn it back. There you go. Then you can complete the level without looking around in the room. He never answered me back, but I just found it funny. We also had some uh, people on Twitter who were playing that level, and they were just writing, oh my God, I'm playing what the golf on the bus, and it wants me to turn around. I feel super awkward right now. But <laughs> like, You can just skip that level and go back right. to it later Yeah, when you're not in the bus.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, That's great. So that's it, basically. Yeah, I'm playing mainly on the iPads. I'm not sure if that happens there as well or if that's more on just the phone. I'm sure
1: it is there. Okay, yeah.
0: Uh, I'm excited to to hit that one when it comes. Well, thank you so much for your time. Where can people find more information about What the Golf and your other games?
1: People can find more information about uh, What the Golf and our other games on www.triband.net. And we have a... excellent homepage at the moment it looks like something out of the 90s you need to be fast because uh, we are redesigning it so uh, if you want to see a blast from the past you need to visit it now it'll probably be gone for good in two months
0: okay well thank you again Uh, really fascinating learning about this really creative and just delightful game
1: yeah you are welcome timothy it was my uh, pleasure to be in uh, the podcast
0: Well, that was my interview with Rune. Thanks again to Rune for his time recording this episode, and thanks to you for your time tuning in. As a reminder, please head over to Apple Podcasts to leave a review. Next up on Apple Arcade Plus is No Way Home. So go download that to get ready for the next episode. With that, I'll talk to everyone again real soon.